Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Yep, yep, to the yep, yep. You already know what time it is, man. It's your girl, POC. Turn your radios up, spread the word, spread the message. Each and every Friday, you already know we are live. 900 AM WRD, 96.1 Word Radio, bringing you Eco Word, that news and information, like environmental justice mixed with social justice, mixed with that information that's for you and about you, because everything we do here at Eco Word is for you and about you. We want you to be a part of the conversation. We want you to join in on the conversation and we want to make sure that the conversation we're having is a conversation that you actually want to hear live on 900 AM WRD. So don't forget, you can always join in 215-634 toll free 1-866-361-0900. Again, that number is 215-634-8065 toll free 1-866-361-0900. Man, I'm coming with a bunch of energy, head full of steam on this uh snowy Friday morning. Um, it's about 29 degrees outside. So if you are outside moving and shaking on your way to work, doing what you got to do on this Friday morning, please bundle up and take care of yourself. Um, the snowcast is going to fall for about another hour with cloudy conditions expected until around about six o'clock today. So if you are outside, please bundle up. If you don't have to go nowhere, I'm encouraging you to stay in the house because the roads will get slippery. This this um, snow will turn into ice. So we want to make sure everyone is safe out there in the city of Philadelphia. So definitely make sure you are doing what you got to do for you and your family on this snowy Friday morning. Go and turn into a snowy Friday afternoon. But I'm excited, man. This is the type of weather I've been looking forward to, especially in the winter season as we talk about gentrification. I mean, as we talk about climate change, we're going to be talking about gentrification um, in about the next 40 minutes on this show and about the uh, about 1040, we got a guest coming on talking about gentrification. But talking about climate change and everything that's going on, you know, I'm excited that we actually can see some snow. I'm excited that uh, our, our youth can see some snow. I actually wanted some snow back in December, but I'll take it, you know, within these first two weeks of January, man. Again, today is January 19th. We are about to kick off our Eco Word show. I'm a fan of Chester, Pennsylvania, so, you know, I'm going to make sure I bring as many Chester residents and many Chester advocates onto this show as possible, especially when we're talking about climate change and environmental justice. We already know what's going on um, with with climate and, um, and just a lot of different things that are happening in the city of Philadelphia and how the residents are being forgotten as people in, in uh, industries are moving in and not necessarily making sure that they're doing right by the residents. So I actually have an advocate um, from the city of Chester coming through today to talk about carbon tax. You know, when it comes down to carbon tax, how is that actually affecting the city of Chester? What are some solutions that may have that we may have that we can implement? But at the same time, when it comes down to low income communities, why do we always see things like carbon tax taking a big toll on our residents? So I'm going to go ahead and introduce our first guest today. Again, don't forget, we want you to join in on the conversation. Or if you are sitting at home on this snowy uh, Friday morning, you can catch us live on Facebook as well. But I'm going to welcome my first guest, Christopher G. Good morning. How you feeling? Welcome to WRD. Good morning. Good morning. I'm feeling great. So happy to be here. So happy to be sitting here with you, ready to get jump into this discussion. No doubt, man. It's snowing outside. How do you feel about that snow? 
Oh my God, it is beautiful outside. I've been waiting for like the white Christmas or like the white winter coming out uh, for the longest. So the fact that we're finally getting it and we're finally getting some snow makes me feel right at home. So who are you telling? I'm super excited. I hope these kids actually go outside and play in the snow, you know, like make it feel nostalgic for sure. For sure. We getting all this beautiful exactly. weather. I hope they actually <laughs> play in it. Um, and I want to ask you first, uh, Chris, you know, before we get into today's conversation, I know we're here to talk about carbon tax in the city of Chester, but I want to ask, you know, when it comes down to just removal of snow and the streets cleaning and things like that how is the city uh, responding to the weather that we're having currently um right now they're doing pretty well i saw a lot of trucks out uh city operations are still going on Uh, a lot of people were confused on whether or not trash was going to get taken out but yeah the (laughs) trash people are out we got the uh, snow plows out salting the roads and the roads actually look pretty nice from the first snow that we had the other day so definitely been a big improvement in the city i'm looking forward to see what they keep all right i had to to start there man make make sure we doing our you know the city of chester right we got to make sure people can get up and move and get around at the same time but let's get into today's conversation right we're here to talk about carbon tax you know, and as an advocate for the city of Chester, talk to me a little bit about why this is important to you. Um, so this is really important to me. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background, Chester is one of the few cities that has like a full riverfront, just full of industrial and manufacturing uh, plants. Um, and they've been there since like the early 1950s or even the 60s. So we've been dealing with the effects of having these industri- industries like right next door, right across the street from our homes for decades. And that has caused a lot of health concerns, a lot of people who have died, um, and just a lot of studies and a lot of citizens who are just concerned that these uh, places are here and that they continue to grow. Um, We had one incinerator that's by Covanta. They used to be one of the largest incinerators in the U.S., but up until like the last five to 10 years, they are now the largest incinerator in the United States. And they service not only the Chester area, but they serve four other states around us. They serve New York, Delaware, Maryland, and I believe even Washington, D.C. or even New Jersey. But one of those so it's getting pretty bad in chester um but just a few that i wanted to talk about uh specifically was covanta ivonic and pq but uh i don't want to take too much but go ahead what are you about to say oh no this is the time we want to hear from okay, you, you perfect. Know I mean? so you yeah you are the person that, that needs to inform us about what's going on in the city talk to us awesome so covanta they're pretty much just like a holding company they do private energy from waste and industrial waste management services um, most of their revenue comes from the incineration facilities that they operate and they serve a secondary purpose as power plants um, Ivonic and PQ, they're both um, they developing products and systems for and with plastics. So that's where their emissions come from. They do a lot of plastic coatings. Uh, they do silica for plastics. Um, they even uh, do the plastic for uh, shoe soles as well, too. Wow. Um, and then PQ is uh, one of the biggest ones. They really ha- uh, focus in on the manufacturing part. They do the decorative paints, the green cement. They help with clean drinking water and green tires. Um, but that's all because of their plastic. So they help create the PVC pipes and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they sound like they're great companies, but my issues with each one is it varies. Um, so with Covanta, they burn the trash and those chemicals just get freely released into the air. There's yeah. not too much of a filtering process that goes in there. Um, and I'll talk about a study in a little bit that uh, goes over all those chemicals. Um, and then Ivonic and PQ, they both deal with the silicones and plastic that I was saying. Um, while Evonik is known for adding chemicals, which then get heated up and those fumes get released in the air. Um, and then PQ, uh, just the emissions from their manufacturing is a really big issue in Chester. And these um, things are happening simultaneously. 
Yes, all at the same time. So you have all an incinerator burning, you have plastics being heated up, and then you have the chemicals uh, being heated up as well and those emissions being released in the air. And they're all less than like a one mile radius from each other. They're all sitting on the same riverfront uh, and it's just going up in the air and the city of Chester is just like <laughs> taking it all in one smog at a time. <laughs> Literally, one one bad breath at a time because mm-hmm. we have tons of citizens uh, that are part of this group called uh, Concerned Residents. Uh, oh, Chester Residents Concerned with the Quality of Living, um, yeah. the Circle Group. They are really concerned about that. Yes, we actually had them on the they show have... a couple of times. Awesome. Yeah, I yeah. was recently informed uh, about, I went to one of their conferences and I didn't know how dire the environmental issue was in Chester. And so they okay. showed me a documentary of theirs where they went to Covante. They were trying to block the trucks and everything. And it was impossible to try to get through and make any progress there. But seeing how much, uh, how many witnesses that they have and accounts, personal accounts of people who have had cancer, have gotten sick and who have died. It's insane that people aren't listening and, to But them. let me ask you this, right? As an advocate coming from the city, you know, and someone who kind of sort of knows the ins and out, when you think about the dollar sign that these particular, you know, industry brings or this particular industry brings to the city, um, would you say it's worth it? Because some people, not speaking for all people, but some people, you know, believe that this is helping in a way because it's bringing money into uh, what will be called a poor city. Not really. Um, a lot of these contracts that we're in are decades old. And a lot mm. of the contracts that I have had access to, we're pretty much getting screwed because it's like we have allowed these people to build up their land here. They got a tax break for the first 10 to 20 years. And yeah. what they are paying in taxes now is very minimal because most of Chester's revenue comes from real estate taxes from mm-hmm. our homeowners. Barely uh I would say not even 10% of our budget comes from those industries who are paying their taxes or giving back to the city. So, which brings me to the the carbon tax and the importance of it now, Um, because uh, right now there's only one city that's doing the carbon tax and that's in Boulder, Colorado. Um, And the history of that dates all the way back to 2002. Um, Their city council first passed- So you said Boulder, Colorado, the first thing that popped in my mind was, play my theme music. (laughs) Shout out to you, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But go ahead. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the history of that tax goes all the way back to 2002. um, And they were just trying to get greenhouse gas emissions back in line. um, And they created the climate action plan in 2006 to provide that long-term framework, but they didn't put anything in the action. So it wasn't until- they created legislation for the cap tax, and that was just to initially start taxing uh, anyone who has greenhouse gases um, that are in Boulder, Colorado. And they initially made like a million to $3 million off of it. Um, but now that they've just redone it, um, it's focuses so would that go on back to use. Would that go back into us well, not us, well, people looking into the contract. Well, we could say us because I'm an advocate as well. But that would that go back into us looking into the contracts of what um, the agreements were with these particular industries and then uh, going into a space of saying we are no longer giving you that tax abatement because you said like they had the tax break or the tax cut for about 10 to 20 years. So it would literally change the entire flow of the, how the agreement is laid out if you're going to go into the carbon tax, correct? 
Yeah, pretty much. So we would take a look at that. And we'd also take a look at uh, what emissions they're doing and how much electricity that they're using, just like Colorado did. Um, And based on those statistics and what we find out from the contract to see if they are still getting that tax abatement or not, which they shouldn't be. But um, we just go in, figure out what their emissions are and then create uh, legislation around that. Like uh, what Colorado did, they have like for every kilowatt hour that you use, um, it's like 50 cent that gets charged to that industry. Um, And after like it's like an annual uh, revenue of like a million dollars after all that's calculated. So I'd like to do the same thing here in Chester because we've done studies. uh, Whitener has done a study on the emissions and uh, all the particle matter that goes up into the air back in September of 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, So we know that it's a confirmation that these uh, places are emitting uh, gases that are toxic to our residents. So now that we know that for sure, it's nothing to go back in and just say, hey, we now need to start measuring how much electricity you're using for each process, how much carbon is currently being released into the air, and just do a longer term study. So that way we can start building the legislation around that. And let me ask you, right, because we're thinking about Chester, Pennsylvania. We're talking about, you know, a city that people will say is a poor city, um, it's predominantly low income communities. Um, and when you think about something like Boulder, Colorado, like that is a, a a city where money is being poured in. You know, you have some of the richest yes. people in America living in Boulder, Colorado. So how can something like that, you know, reflect a city like Chester? It's a great idea. I see where you're coming from. But when you think about the city of Chester and the city of Chester and its totality is already in debt, you know, like you 10 years worth of debt up in that city. So how do we how do we change the idea of utilizing a carbon tax to help one get the city out of poverty and then to two help the the actual residents start to make money and, and see their city as a place where they need to to bring back the beautification most definitely. So while the city may be in financial distress right now, these multi-billion dollar companies are not, and they are currently taking a place in our and city. And they're private, private billion yes, dollar they're companies. they're private billion dollar companies. So it's nothing for us to uh, start uh, using our resources and start creating legislation so we can start creating revenue for the city. Because right now, all of our revenue, like I said, is only coming from real estate taxes. We're not really diving into any other forms of taxation or looking at any other forms of revenue besides maybe selling off a few properties and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, looking into this would definitely be a big revenue a resource for Chester. And mm-hmm. while some people may be against it at first, it'll be really good in the long run because once this tax is established, it's an annual revenue source that's going to continue coming in. And it's going to vary depending on how much power that they use. And if they continue using a lot of power, they continue emitting a lot of gas, greenhouse gases, then that just means more money in our pocket. And the more money that we begin to charge them, it hopefully will help them see that we need to start making uh, better changes on our side so we can reduce our greenhouse emissions and reduce the amount of electricity that we use to in these processes. So we don't have to keep putting out so much money to the city of Chester. Um, so yeah. No doubt. And I want to ask you a specific question about education, right? Because we're talking about like a nuanced way of approaching things, especially when it comes down to carbon tax. And most people are like, what is carbon tax, right? So one, I want to start there, just breaking it down. And we got about two, three minutes left. But I want to just, if you can simplify it in the best way, what is carbon tax? And then also how we can educate our residents and our listeners and supporters on carbon tax. So once something like this is becomes a proposal, we can put it into play, you know, people are educated around the conversation. Okay. Uh, Carbon tax is very simple. It's just a tax that's going to look at how much uh, each industry or each manufacturer, each company is emitting um, or using up 
the electricity. And we measure that uh, through PICO because they already measure how much electricity is being used. Um, and then, like I, I referenced the Widener study, but they had created six different uh, mobile units or testing locations that tested air quality. And their recommendation at the end of that study is that we need to continue making an investment in these types of uh, technology so that we can continue to monitor all these different levels of uh, emissions and regulatory uh, aspects of each company so that we can better monitor it, uh, all the toxic waste. So once we start doing that and investing in that, then we can uh, begin measuring the uh, the emissions for the carbon tax. Um, mm -hmm. So in measuring the carbon tax with that technology and working with PICO, we'll just be monitoring all the actions of each manufacturer or industry that is on the waterfront. And at the end of each year, they'll get a report or each quarter, they'll get a report like, hey, this is how much you've used in the past uh, quarter. This is how much you need to pay when it comes tax time. And mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. It's just like a, an additional electric bill or additional line item on their electric bill that they'd have to pay out to the city of Justin. I would love that. And do you think that um, it will be important for uh, a company like Pico to actually acknowledge these things for residents? You know, hey, this is in your city. Like, like maybe just like a one liner at the bottom of their actual Pico bills or something. I think that that would be, you know, very um intricate for people who who may not know what is going on. And I know people, when they walk outside in Chester, it's impossible not to smell it. It's impossible not to see it. It's right there, right? But some people are in their own bubbles, in their own heads, and they ignore certain things around them. And so it's actually affecting them. So I think if we put it in their face, do you think so, Chris? It would actually help people stand more, you know, on the front for forefront to get these things done? Most definitely. We need to uh, highlight every issue, environmental issue in Chester. And I know Circle is doing a great job. I know I'm going to continue doing the work to yes, keep putting are. this out there and working with people so that way we can get this legislation so we can stop talking about it and actually turn it into a piece of paper that can be signed. Yes, yes. And we need that. And once we get that piece of paper, um, you know, turned into a proposal, we need to make sure that we get everyone's signature on that. You know, this is not something we want to just talk about. This is not something that we just want to do a bunch of chitter chatter on. We want to make sure that we're going into the right direction, moving forward and actually creating some, some solutions, sustainable solutions, you know, for the next generation. Because I want to breathe when I'm 80 years old. You know, I don't want to be walking around with a mask on my face. So, yeah, man, Chris, I appreciate you for sure. Thank you for the work that you're doing in the city of Chester. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure you come back onto the show to continue to advocate for the city of Chester as things um, continue to unfold, but also get better. You know, I love that what you say, you know, starting off our conversation, it is getting better in the city of Chester. The city officials are outside still working. You know, the, the streets are being clean and the trash trucks are, you know, <laughs> still moving, which is a great thing. Right. So I yep. appreciate you, Chris. Um, if you want to shout yourself out, tell the people that I can find you or contact you, please let them know. This is the time. Um, yeah, you can find me on Facebook at Chris Garrett, uh, Instagram, lowkey.vibes, uh, V-Y-B-E-Z, um, and at email at garrettforchester at gmail.com. And you can reach me at any one of those links. So, yeah. No doubt, man. Chris, I appreciate you. And I look forward to talking to you. Stay warm this weekend, man. It's, the snow is yes. outside, okay? <laughs> Same to you. Take care. No doubt, man. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.